If you only have a 401k, you're not getting the most for retirement. Wait, what? Add a Robinhood IRA on top, then they'll boost it by 3%. You can do that? And if you transfer in any retirement account, you get 3% on top of that. Is there a limit to the match? No limit. Robinhood Gold gets you the biggest contribution match of any IRA on the market. Sign up for Robinhood Gold at Robinhood.com slash boost by April 30th. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Match on transfers subject to additional terms and conditions. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC. Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Valladares, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. It's your daily dose of Donna. Welcome to the show. Today is Thursday, January 18th. I uh, I went to bed last night and somehow I was thinking January 17th just feels so familiar and I was trying to remember why. I'm like, I know March 17th is St. Patrick's Day. What is January 17th? And then I realized January 17th, 30 years ago, was the Northridge earthquake. And I was here in Los Angeles during the Northridge earthquake because I obviously I grew up here. And if any of you guys were in the Los Angeles area and experienced that, I think that's like one of those experiences that will always stay with you. I was I was 12. 94. No. Yeah, I was 12 and a half. And I lived um, with my, you know, obviously I lived with my mom and we were in like the Miracle Mile area, which is like mid Wilshire. Not really sure if you guys are aware of what that is. It's like by the La Brea Tar Pits, if you know LA. And we, like, I remember it was so weird. I went to a bar mitzvah that night because it was a Saturday night. So I went to someone's bar mitzvah. And then later that night, my sister was sleeping out at a friend's house. And I said, hey, mom, can I sleep with you? My stepdad was out of town. And I never slept with my mom at 12 years old. Never. But for whatever reason, I asked to sleep with her. And for another whatever reason, she offered for me to sleep with her. (laughs) She was like, yeah, sure. Come sleep. Well, woke up at, you know, four in the morning to, she had a wall full, you know, this was like the big thing in the nineties, a wall full of mirrored closets, like the sliding doors, the mirrors. And it was literally like a full wall of it. So four, like eight mirrored doors and the way that they shook the noise of it. I remember it forever. It was so intense and it was so loud, scared the living shit out of all of us. Thank God we were okay. But what was crazy is I had a dresser next to my bed in my bedroom. And when we went like and checked out the damage of the house, which we did have minor damage, nothing crazy. But when we checked out the house, we realized in my room, the dresser fell onto my bed, like a shelf on my bed. So it was crazy that I happened to sleep with my mom that night because I I would imagine, you know, could have been bad. Uh, So 30 years ago, and you know what's the craziest thing about getting older? I don't know if you guys feel this. The craziest part about getting older is when you start to realize like things are 30 years ago, 40 years ago that you remember. Like the fact that 30 years ago is a day that I remember very well. 30 years I, I, I don't know. I, sometimes I still struggle with the idea that I'm in my 40s. 
because I don't feel like I ever really grew up. Like I'm still learning all my life lessons and figuring shit out that like I don't know how in the world I got to my 40s here. Like people are supposed to trust us. All I know is that I can just try my best to be a good uh, mom to my kids. And another thing is you start to realize as you get older, like how many mistakes our parents made because they were 30. Like so many of our parents were so young having us. My mom was like 31 when she had me, which is pretty much the same as how old I was with my kids. But that's so young. They didn't have the internet to like seek answers for a lot of their shit. It's pretty crazy. What a crazy day. Anyway, welcome dosers. Thank you so much for being here. I got so many new subscribers yesterday because I mentioned to you to subscribe. That is a reminder that I have for you. You know, I watched a little bit of Rick and Kelly this morning um, and they said the same thing. They said that they had to remind their their audience to subscribe because so many of you guys that watch the show, the analytics, I went and checked as well. So many of you guys are not subscribed, which is crazy to me. And it's one thing if you're just watching it for the first time, but it's a lot of return watchers. YouTube analytics are nuts. You can see every little thing. So I can go back and see, you know, how much, how many percentage of you guys are returners, returners. <laughs> and uh, so it's just interesting. I always find like how many people don't subscribe. So thank you. And if you're listening on the app, um, the podcast app, are you, did you hit follow or are you just listening? Cause I'm talking about Amory, the negative 8.5 of the world. Um, Make sure to do that, subscribe, follow, and then while you're there, leave a nice comment or a nice review. I always appreciate seeing those. Before I get into the show, I have to shout out the uh, sponsor for this week's episode. Support for today's episode comes from One Skin. We all know New Year's is synonymous with big health resolutions, but you know what I'm keeping as is in 2024? My skin's biological age. I'm staying, you know, I just said that, you know, we're getting older. I'm still... 13 in my brain, in my skin. Um, no, that's just not true. That's just not true. Listen, I've got some wrinkles. I've got some crow's feet. I've got some things, but I'm proud of them. And I try really hard to, you know, constantly stay hydrated on my skin. I've got oils, I've got creams. And then I also use sunscreen every day because I'm trying really hard to maintain my skin's biological age. What does that even mean? It's basically how old your skin acts and looks, which can be different from your actual age. So I'm curious from you guys, are you someone that feels like your skin looks your age? Or do you feel like a lot of people say, wow, you look so young? Now I know different, like this is so genetic, right? Some people just have good skin by genetics or by, you know, the, the their uh, ethnicity. It's like, it really depends. But some people's skin ages and then with the sun damage and if you've partied and drank or smoked or whatever, I mean, all these things, right? Anyway, I love One Skin. One Skin, I've been showing you guys this. It has this really cool um, option, uh, you know, just a cream, an eye cream. It's very basic. Like I said, it's not difficult. There's not a 15-step program. It's not just another skincare routine. It's a real science breakthrough. OS1 is the peptide that they have, and it's scientifically proven to target lines and wrinkles where they start. Um, so I'm using it every day and I'm really enjoying it. And I'm getting a lot of comments from you guys that my skin is glowing. So make sure to get an exclusive 15% off One Skin products using the code Donna, D-A-N-A. When you check out at oneskin.co, start 2024 off right and give your skin the scientifically proven love it deserves with One Skin. The link will be in the show notes and then everywhere. Um, make sure to purchase yourself some skincare. 
I think it's important. It's important to look your best. Just like Adriana, Adriana said on Miami, she goes, I can sing better when I look better. When I, when I look better, I perform better. Okay, cool, Adriana, cool. Can't stand her. Um, remember, she and Alexia are on my list of get off the wagon. Get off the wagon of the Miami cast. But we'll get there. We've got so many things to talk about. Number one, I wanted to remind you guys that I just opened up my next round of my podcasting course. A lot of you guys are listening and say, oh my gosh, I would die to have a podcast. I want to talk about entertainment, Bravo, pop culture, or maybe I want to talk about my business, you know, marketing or uh, life coaching or whatever it is you guys do. Podcasting is a really great way to do that. So I'll put the link in the bio below. Um, and you can always find out more on my Instagram too. There is, uh, we have a few spots open and we start in February. It's a four week course. And then you get to work alongside me. So get in there. All righty, onto the show. You guys, last night was the Vanderpump Rules premiere party. A lot of people were like, Donna, did you go? Why didn't you go? Are you gonna go? I'm not down. Here's the thing about me. I actually really like being home. I've noticed this. I like to go out to dinners. But events like that, where you just like, you know, get to see a couple things here and there, and it's like more of a, a to me, it feels more like a headache because you have to get dressed at night. You have to make sure you look good. You have to leave the house. It's cold. It's dark. And I have young kids. And, um, you know, I need to make sure those kids are in bed at a certain time. I've got a 6 a.m. wake up call every single morning if I don't go earlier to work out. So like... I need to keep on my shit. You know, um, I just don't really, I'm not in a season right now for events. So I was okay staying home last night and just watching TV at home. But I did love seeing all the pictures of the Vanderpump premiere party. Okay, what do we know about this? The whole cast was there. So of course we have all the girls. We have Sheena, we have Lala, Katie and Ariana, Allie. Then we have um, James, Tom and Tom. Okay. And then Lisa Vanderpump. You guys, we have an issue. And the issue is the fact that somehow, somewhere, the Vanderpump Rules cast forgot that they actually have the financial resources to hire stylists. Now, you're going to tell me that these women all hired stylists, most likely. Of course they did, right? Of course they, they hired stylists because it's a huge premiere for a huge show that they're making a ton of money on. So you're telling me that stylists, actual hired people, said yes to these outfits that these women chose. You guys, it was unreal. The outfits are not okay. They are not okay. I don't understand specifically how this happened, but I posted it on my Instagram story, so I'll just kind of show you here. Uh, this is really a problem, okay? This is glorified gossip girl. This is my girl. She's she posts on Instagram. She always posts all the good stuff. So let's let's do a little close up. Ariana. So Ariana is in some sort of a blush, pink, lacy sitch. Okay, where you see like a little bandeau bra under and a little bit of like a cover for her, you know, private area. And the rest is a long fitted lace, long sleeve pink. In theory, this is a pretty dress. In theory, 
the fit of it is so bad. It is so um, unflattering for her body. And I, I think she's beautiful. Remember, I was able to meet her at Dancing with the Stars. And I just think she's always been so beautiful. Sorry, I hope you guys can hear me. The fit of it, of her dress, was just so wrong. It was like, it had this, um, this, uh, the cut on the bottom was lower than her belly. And it just, it it's not flattering for her body, right? It's not flattering at all. So I did not appreciate her choice of dress at all. Now let's get into Katie. Now Katie... Maloney. Guys, we need we need an intervention on Katie. I get it. She likes to play a little bit. Just let me know that my sound is okay, guys. She likes to play a little bit um risque, I should say, with her fashion choices. She's definitely not your typical like trendsetter or trend follower. She likes to kind of do things a little out there, wild. You can see with her haircuts, with her makeup, with her clothing. She's always been a little bit out there, but this is specifically the craziest look I've ever seen. I feel like this is something I wore in eighth grade. It's two matching patterns. I mean, mismatching patterns. We have a leopard dress that is fit so badly on her body. And I don't, this is not to body shame. This is to dress shame. Listen, Katie has a beautiful body to me. I don't mind that she's got a little bit of curves. I think it's actually a lovely thing. I don't think women that are, you know, perfectly uh, tiny and skinny are necessarily prettier by any means. I actually like a curvy woman, but when you have a curvy body, you have to dress appropriately so that you don't in, like accentuate certain areas of your body that maybe don't want to. So like it is a horrible cut. It looks like she is, she picked her mom's outfit that like doesn't fit well. And then she threw on something else under. It really looks like she's playing dress up as a young kid just to go like, like a wild, like wacky day at school, wacky fancy day at school. Ugh, horrible. Here's another angle of it. I just don't understand how this is a legitimate outfit. I don't get it. Ooh. Now, let's talk Lala. Guys, Lala is so beautiful in my opinion. Obviously, a lot of people feel like she's, you know, fake as can be because her face looks completely different, i.e. Larsa. But I think she's very beautiful. She has the ability to come off glamorous and gorgeous. This is a premiere party. Now, understandably, this is not a, you know, event that like you're going to the Oscars. Fine. But this is a premiere party. This is what Lala wore. No, she's not going to a basketball game or a Rangers game. She is going to a premiere party. She's in heels that are like whitish with a tight black tights, which is just so not okay, with a jersey over a long sleeve shirt. I'm sorry, what? I'm sorry, what? Don't you, and it's a Givenchy. Is that how you're supposed to say it? Givenchy? Um, Giovanni. I, I missed Dorinda in that moment. It's so bad. It's shocking. Okay. Sheena, to me, Stunning, classic. I do like the way Sheena dresses. A lot of you guys maybe don't. I think Sheena is a good dresser. Allie, also very classy, very pretty. 
oh, sorry, that's Sheena again. Very classy, very pretty, and, you know, dresses perfectly for her body. I think the dress is actually very pretty. Lisa, uh, look, the top is good. The bottom, I can't. She's wearing these weird, like, tights and kitten heels. It looks very um, Mary Poppins, Mrs. Doubtfire in the, in the, in the like, legs. But it's Lisa Vanderpump. She can do no wrong. Now, Tom <laughs> Sandoval shows up with a, a lightning bolt on his neck. Tom is the kind of guy, Sandoval is the kind of guy that he's like, he's like, I know it's just going to get people riled up, so I'm going to do it. That's the thing. I don't take Tom Sandoval personally because I think he's, his shtick is now just to kind of rile the crowd. Um, meanwhile, Tom Sand uh, Tom Schwartz came in a white turtleneck, white jacket, white pants. Tom Schwartz looks like he's going on a mission. Tom Schwartz looks like he is auditioning to be part of the next Duggar family. It is wrong. It doesn't work. James Kennedy looked good. I don't know, you guys. I'm worried about this next season of Vanderpump. Now, I didn't watch the premiere, obviously, but I'm worried about it. I have a bad feeling. I do. I have a bad feeling because I don't know if you guys remember, but this season of Vanderpump Rules was pretty bad at the beginning of the season. Like, Vanderpump lost us for like season eight, nine, and even the beginning of 10 until Scandival got us all so obsessed with it. So I'm curious, you guys. I'm curious if you think that Vanderpump is going to surprise us. I hope it does. I hope it does. But we've seen like Potomac where it comes in real hot and then it just disappoints, right? So I'll be interested to see. Now, another thing we found out last night is that The Valley, Jax Taylor's new show, is officially uh, being promoted now. I kind of didn't know if it was going away or not because everyone was saying it was a thing, but then it, no one was talking about it. Okay, I'm going to just ask you to do one thing. Do me a favor and go and watch, after this, the little teaser trailer. It's on Jax's Instagram. It's on everyone's Instagram, Bravo's Instagram. Watch the teaser trailer for this and tell me what three words come to mind when you watch this? Because I only thought cheesy, um, produced, and E. Like, it felt like an E series. It does not feel Bravo at all. The, um, the trailer is basically like a very overdone. There's no scenes from the show. It's just like this acting out overdone where Jax is driving. You think he's driving and he's like waving at his neighbors, quote unquote, here in this in studio. I mean, in like Studio City and or Sherman Oaks. And it's showing all these other couples that are being part of the show, right? None of them look interesting to me. I used to audition one of them. I'll just tell you that. Um, but none of them look interesting to me at all. I'm not saying they're they're not, but they don't look interesting. And then of course we have Chris and Doty, you know, also it's and then at the end, Brittany Cartwright comes in and jams. Finish, finish mowing that lawn. And now you see he's on a, you know, he's, I don't know, he's on like a little car, like a kid's car. What? What was that? Why did that? Who said yes? Listen, I would be down to watch it, but I don't want to watch that show. Like in that, if this is what that show is, that is not a show I'm watching. That is a show that is, like keeping up with the, uh, or the Chrisleys or whatever, not the Chrisleys. Um, what's the other one where it's a dude and his three daughters on E? It feels such like an E show. Just overproduced, cheesy. What the hell, Bravo? 
that's what you're going to give us. Now, a lot of you guys are asking about Jax's in Studio City. Um, like I've told you, it is five minute drive from my house, right? Even less. I could walk there if I wanted to. I have not gone. Why? Um, I have heard from so many people that it's not worth it, that it's not good. And in fact, a girl that I am friends with has a TikTok account called Jessie Eats. And she is a, like a food blogger or whatever. She goes around and eats at all these amazing restaurants here in Los Angeles and everywhere. And she always, um, you know, shows uh, footage of it. It's fun. It's a fun account to follow. So she went to Jax's on a Saturday night, like two weeks ago, three weeks ago. Saturday night, you guys nary a person in there, not one person in there, empty. She got cocktails and she got some like of the pretzels and beer cheese. She said the cocktails were disgusting and she had the um, beer cheese and she said it was fine, but like definitely not enough to come back. It tasted like pub cheese. You guys, it was empty on a Saturday night. If that isn't like a bad sign, it feels gross in there. Just like watching the videos. I'm like, "Mm, that's not where I want to spend my night. You can just tell the cocktails are probably really gross. It's just like, you know, well vodka with like a muddled cranberry, like just one, one muddled blackberry and like maybe some simple syrup. Ugh, gross. So, uh, yeah. Jax's Studio City. We'll have to see what happens. I mean, obviously, I'm going to watch it for you guys, but I don't know if I'm going to stick around with it. I have to tell you, it doesn't look promising, but that's supposedly coming out in the spring. Here's a show that I will be watching is Love is Blind. Love is Blind Season 6 is officially on the books for February 14th because, of course, don't you want to watch Love is Blind on Valentine's Day? I mean, that's what I'm doing for sure. And, you know, I love a Love is Blind show. I always tell you that Love is Blind is the one show that I get obsessed with, can't get enough of. And then one week after it airs, I have no memory of it. I block it out like like a crazy night out, right? You you watch it. You, I get so invested. And then I could walk by the cast of, on the street and I wouldn't know who they are. It's interesting how that works. I think it's the binging of it. Like we binge it for two weeks and then it's over. Another binger that I've been doing is The Trust. I talked about it last night on my Patreon, The Traders. Some fun shows out there for sure. But I definitely uh, love Love is Blind and I will be watching that. Cecile says Love is Blind Sweden. And actually my friend Molly, she also told me to watch Love is Blind Sweden. More, t- I need more time in the day for all this stuff, but I will try. And another story that I didn't mention to you guys, but this is huge because I talked about it on my Facebook group and I talked about it on my Instagram stories that Mary Brown, Sister Wives Mary Brown, has a boyfriend. Now, I want to tell you something. If Sister Wives Mary Brown can get a cute boyfriend like Amos, and by the way, he is very cute. He's not necessarily my type, but he's a good-looking guy, and I think he's a step up from Cody, in my opinion. She looks so happy. Apparently, she's been dating him since, like, October-ish. And it looks like they've gone official because now he's Instagram official to her. So they're going to be together, Amos, her, and her dog. Good for Mary. To tell you that I was very surprised to see that she found herself a good man. And someone had posted this a few weeks ago. Someone had posted like on Reddit or something, a picture of the two of them sitting at a diner together. But they looked very unhappy. They didn't look like they were talking. They were both kind of looking down. And everyone just assumed maybe that's her brother because they didn't look like a date. 
Well, that was Amos. So look, everyone can post pretty pictures on Instagram. Are you really happy? Or are we just moving on rebounding? Either way, go, Mary, go. Fill that love tank. I want to see Vicky Gumbelson and Mary on a reality show together. I would like to see Vicky Gumbelson teaching Mary about her love tank. Do you just think that would be a good show? We'll have to put in a request over in the TLC land. Okay, y'all. I'm like Brittany now. Let's talk about TV last night. I'm going to start with Miami. I always like to start with Miami because I don't enjoy it nearly as much as Beverly Hills. Although last night's Beverly Hills sucked. Last night's Miami. I will tell you this first and foremost. I am so obsessed with Dr. Nicole. I love her. Nicole and Gertie can do no wrong. The two of them are besties. They just um, posted a picture the other day of them on a private plane. I'm assuming Nicole's because she has a private everything. And they are flying over to New York because they're shooting the reunion right now today. We also know the setup and the seating of the reunion. And what's kind of shocking is that Larsa has the first seat next to Andy. Larsa and Gertie. What? Larsa and Gertie. And then on on Larsa's side, then we have um, Lisa, Nicole, and Adriana. And then the other side, we have Alexia, Julia, Marisol, and Kiki? I don't know. I don't remember the other side. Anyway, I just know that it is a... um, I can't believe that Larsa and Gertie, I mean, Gertie should get the first seat. In my opinion, Nicole should get the second seat. Like, I don't know. I I, lo- I just, I'm so, or Lisa, I'm so surprised about the Larsa of it all. Okay, whatever. So last night's Miami starts with, you know, we're still freaking reeling from this Mamacita brunch. The reason why I struggle so much with the show is Alexia's voice and Adriana's voice, those two, when they speak, I want to run into a dark closet. Like, I can't handle it. I don't know why it triggers me so much, just those two. Can't handle it. But they're at the fashion show. We see Julia, or that we see them kind of prepping for this fashion show. Julia gets asked to do this walk in her fashion show, um, a swim or a fashion line, and she's uncomfortable and she's nervous. But listen, like I said with Brooke last week, Brooke Ashley, is that Julia is beautiful and sweet and fine, but she's boring. I'm so bored with her. I, I, I don't enjoy watching Julia on TV. I mean, she's just like nice. It's not interesting. It's not special. To me, I find it boring. We see her prepping for the swimwear fashion line. We see Kiki talking about the fact that she's also, you know, in a fat, she's also walking in a show. So we see her going to her designer and talking about it. And she's planning this big party. This is confusing a little to me and we'll talk about it, but she's planning this big closing party for the, um, for the swim week. Right. And she's talking about how important it is that the girls go keep that in mind for later. We see a scene that is so beautiful and so touching. And this is a scene between um, Gertie and her husband, Russell. Now, as we know, Gertie has had her first surgery and she has just found out that they didn't take enough cancerous cells out. She needs to have a second surgery. And understandably, this is becoming too scary for her. She's getting very, very overwhelmed at the thought process of what if they have to do it again? Or what if they have to do a mastectomy? Or what if I have to have chemo? I mean, you can understand that you are 
like she's probably spiraling in the what ifs because when she first got diagnosed, I think her first reaction was like, it's going to be fine. It's not that big of a deal. She couldn't even say the word cancer, remember? And now she's like, oh my gosh, not only do I have cancer, but like it's not an easy fix. And I would imagine a lot of people go through that stage of like denial and then shock kind of over the steps that you have to go through the, through this treatment. Um, I'm I'm so in awe watching her go through it. And I love being able to see the journey behind the scenes. I think they've done such a great job with this story. So she goes out on this beautiful date with her husband, Russell, and she's talking very openly about the fact that she is scared and she doesn't want to do it. And Russell is exactly what Gertie needs, which is calm, grounded, and like He's realistic. He's like, I just want you to know, like, this may not go as easy as you want. We may have bad news. We may get bad, you know, bad results here. It's very, very sad to watch. And I see her kind of like spiraling, but she's trying to remain positive. I just can't imagine when you're going through such a health, life and death situation there that you're actually in any way feeling um, like that anything else matters, Right. Like, how can she still be on the show and even engage with these other women? I just couldn't, which is why she left that mama's, I mean, Marisol's party the day before. So I love all those scenes. Then they go to the fashion show for Julia. They see her walk. They're all very supportive. Um, and then they end up talking about before Kiki's show. So in between Julia's and Kiki's show, the, they start talking about the Mamacita lunch. And finally, Adriana comes out and says, it's my thing. I brought her. Uh, Nicole had no idea. And finally, after 36 days of Alexia and Marisol not hearing Nicole's truth, they finally are like, fine, I'll believe you. Now, Adriana said it perfectly. One thing Adriana did say that I really agree with is that Nicole is the real life Barbie. Now we've said this before. Nicole is perfection, right? She's beautiful. She's successful. She's smart. She is wealthy. She's marrying or she's, you know, dating or engaged to the most like, I mean, he looks so successful. They have so much money. It's like she really does live this perfect life with the yacht and the plane and this and this and that. So Finally, they decide to let Nicole off the hook, but we know that it's not going to last forever. They really just don't like Nicole. It's the strangest thing ever. Um, they end up getting into this limo after Kiki's show. And for some, this was the weirdest scene because they're in this limo driving to the party and somehow there's like a huge traffic jam. So this car is not able to go anywhere. And strangely, they, the women all just get up and go, okay, I'm going to leave. I'm going to go. And it's weird because Kiki's just sitting there just so upset that they're all leaving and they're supposed to be going to her party, but she's just sitting there and, and like, I, I'm very confused by it. She's just not saying anything like, wait, guys, don't leave. This party is for you. But then all of a sudden everyone's gone. And then Kiki's like, well, that was rude. This party's for you guys. If something fell off, but I know that the reason we saw that scene is because it's going to come back. I would imagine next week we're going to see some drama when they go to Mexico City. Um, Gertie starts, you know, recovering from her surgery and Alexia is on FaceTime with her and talking to her about Mexico City and the importance of it. Sweet conversation. Okay, fine, Alexia. You got a couple points from that. Just a couple. And... um. And I'm trying to think if anything really big happened other than that. They start talking about Mexico City. 
Oh my gosh. We see Larsa and Marcus in this podcast clip. Number one, the fact that they recapped or when they were flashing back to Larsa talking a few years ago on the Kardashians or whatever, is anyone else like in awe over how different Larsa looks? Like it's, I, my brain cannot wrap around the idea that those are the same people. There's no way that Larsa five years ago and Larsa now are the same. Like it's a different person. Her voice is different. Her face is different. Her, her body is different. Her personality, like it's so confusing to me. I cannot figure it out. But she and Marcus are doing this podcast called Separation Anxiety. And let me just tell you, there's only one kind of separation anxiety that I find um, to be, to deem like real. And that's when you drop your kids off when they're young at like preschool and they cry or when you leave them with a babysitter and they don't want to be left alone. Or if you're a dog, if your puppy is left alone at home for, you know, a couple hours, those are the separate. I do not want separation anxiety with my husband, with my boyfriend. This is codependence. And I am a codependent person. I've decided, but that is to another level. Like it's got to stop. It has to stop this podcast. They need to take my podcast course. Like we need to re-strategize here. Is anyone actually listening to separation anxiety? Is this a podcast that is actually out? We're gonna have to do some research right now. I need to, I need to know. I need to know if separation anxiety is a podcast that that is out. Are we getting good reviews? What's happening? Separation anxiety with Larsa Pippen and Marcus for iHeart Podcasts. Okay, well, they have a 3.5, which by the way, I'm not down to knock people for their low reviews because you know, I got a lot of Heather McDonald <laughs> lovers that love to take me down with my reviews. Um, so I'm not gonna, you know, knock that. I have, I think I'm at like a 4.3 right now. I'd love to go back up to a four point something higher, but what can I do? But they have 164 ratings. So that's less than mine. And they haven't done an episode since November 13th. And then the episode before that was um, September 5th oh, you guys, this show is over. They were doing one a week and then they just stopped. Their last episode was on November 13th. What? Okay, so the podcast is over. Why am I not shocked? Why am I not shocked? Um, anyway, that was pretty much Miami. So here's the thing about Miami. I love it. It's fun. It's light. It's like drama, but it's never that good. Like I never find myself being like, oh my God, I cannot wait until next week. Have you ever felt that way about Miami ever? Not me. Beverly Hills I have. So let's talk about Beverly Hills, um, which in my opinion was, was not the best episode I've seen. Now, someone is asking, um, Carrie is asking, weren't they filming Traders? Yes, they filmed Traders, but so did Tamara. And that podcast still continued. So like, if you know that you're going to film Traders, you should bank maybe five or six episodes. But also, they have not been filming Traders since November. I mean, we're in January. I just feel like, I feel like you got to get on that. Real Housewives of Beverly Hills felt like a filler episode to me. I don't know if you guys felt the same. I felt like there was a lot of filler scenes, mainly with Kyle. We also had some filler scenes with Crystal. But let's get through it, okay? Ugh. 
Where do I start? Let's talk about the Sutton and Kyle scene, which I actually found entertaining, even though it feels like a filler scene. I don't understand why Kyle and Sutton are pretending to be friends still. Kyle can't stand Sutton. Everyone sees this, right? We've seen this now since the name um episode. We've seen it for five years. Kyle can't stand can't stand Sutton, but apparently she goes to Sutton's house. Of all of these girls, she goes to Sutton's. So confusing because she wants to um, talk about the the event the night before. It was probably not the night before, but the event for her friend Lorraine, the celebration of life. And she went over there and immediately started making fun of Sutton. Did you notice that? She got out of the car. Sutton was so cute in her red in her green dress, just doing some gardening. And immediately she's like, oh, you look like an Easter bunny doing an Easter basket. Okay. Thanks, friend. How about you look so cute? Look at you gardening. And then Kyle, I have to get out of the sun. I'm going inside. Goes right into her house and then says, can I look in your fridge? Why are you doing this, Kyle? Now, I have girlfriends that feel very comfortable in my home as I do in their home. We look in each other's fridges for a snack. Like we are in each other's fridges because we're hungry and it's no problem. And I have no um, shame about my fridge. But opening someone's fridge, don't give them like an opportunity to prep it. Just say, can I open your fridge? And the fridge is already open. And also you're not even in there for a snack. Kyle did not feel hungry in that moment. She literally opened the fridge just to see if she has food in it gross. I didn't like that behavior at all. She ends up putting on eye patches. They, you know, Sutton is just being so forgiving of her, just so nice to her. And she asks her about Mo. Where was Mo? You guys, because Mo did go to Homeless Not Toothless, I do wonder, do you really believe that Mauricio chose not to go to the celebration of life? I truly, truly cannot wrap my head around this. Something happened here. Either Kyle like did this on purpose knowing he couldn't join and scheduled it for a night or she didn't want him there. You guys, Kyle had Morgan as her plus one at that party. Morgan was there. Kyle wanted to be with Morgan. And you know that if Mauricio was there, there was no way that she was going to able be able to really spend some special alone time with Morgan. She'd have to be with Ky with Mauricio. And guys, call me crazy. But in my opinion, Mauricio is like Kyle's other other person, right? Morgan is Kyle's priority. And she loves Morgan and she wants to be with Morgan. And Morgan loves her. And Morgan makes her feel special. And she makes Morgan feel special. So they're the couple. It's not announced and it's not official. But in this moment, they are a couple. And Mauricio, when Kyle's with Mauricio, she feels like she's cheating on Morgan. Just saying. That's how I feel. And she doesn't want to rub Mauricio into Morgan's face because Morgan's probably, okay, <laughs> here's my theory. Morgan is already dealing with a lot for Kyle, meaning she's already putting up with a lot of secrecy and lies and kind of hiding their, their love for each other and intimacy because she has to. Is Kyle still married? Kyle's a public figure. Kyle's on Real Housewives. Kyle has a TV show. She has kids. All these things. So whatever it is that they are, they have to keep in secrecy. You know, Morgan has not had a girlfriend in like two years. Notice that. This is someone that always was dating people. So I do believe that Kyle intentionally didn't want Mauricio there. And that's why he said none of the guys were there, right? And Kyle said no, because I guarantee you, Kyle said, 
You don't have to come. It's really not a big deal. It's mostly for the women. It's for the women. And that's why she told all the women, don't bring your husbands. Don't you find it interesting that PK didn't come? PK and Kyle are very close. Don't you find it interesting that Teddy's husband, Edwin, didn't come? Edwin and Kyle are very close. No one brought their husbands. Crystal didn't even bring her husband. Anne-Marie didn't bring her husband. These are all people that have good relationships and are very close to their husbands who all know Kyle. So in my opinion, Kyle orchestrated an event in a way that she wanted it to sound like it's just the women. Um, you don't need to come. It's really specifically just for a, like, it's like a sisterhood. That's what I think. That's what I think. Um, and that's why when they're in the car, Kyle later and she and Mo are going to the event and they're having this awkward dialogue about their travel schedules and no one knows which way is up. And both of them don't act like they even know each other. They have no like connection whatsoever because Kyle's already so checked out at this point. I felt like Mauricio seemed so confused talking about the event because I felt like he didn't know it was going to be that big of a deal. Like he wasn't aware of it. She held it from him. That's my thought. Okay. Um, so anyway, you know, Sutton's asking about Maurizio because Sutton's doing what any normal friend would do. Wouldn't your friends do that? If you and your husband, all of a sudden there's all these like marriage issues and things are coming to light and then you throw this huge event and your husband doesn't come, I would ask, where was blah, blah, blah. Like it's a normal question. Um, all right, let's move it along. We then have this whole filler scene with Crystal and Crystal's brother. Okay, I like Crystal. And I liked what she did in last night's episode with negative 8.5. I cannot watch Crystal's brother on my Real Housewives of Beverly Hills show anymore. I am going to start a petition, remove Crystal's brother from the show. You are wasting precious moments of a 42-minute show uh, or a 46-minute show. I cannot watch Crystal's brother. I didn't sign up for this shit. Put him on the valley. Put him on the valley, put him on Vanderpump Rules, get him off of our screens. Why is he on Real Housewives? Who gives a shit about the status of his fiance? Like, give this one episode a conversation about Crystal being a, you know, overbearing sister. That's it. Why is this a work? Unless, you know, we end up finding that the blurred face of her brother's fiance is actually Erica Jane. Why are we watching this? Can't handle it. So that being said, I do like Crystal though. <laughs> um, Dorit, of course, has a whole like planning event with PK. Now remember, this is the same room that they have the Golden Globes in. This is the same room that my parents got married in. This is the same room that I had my high school prom and that I won my casting director, uh, casting director of the year for Children's Series Award. This is a very big room. And Dorit is just so interesting watching her like in every interview. And remember, she's doing the interview in the same weird like outfit with the, you know, little braids and the um, tube top. She's doing this interview about how helpful and how amazing PK is for her in the same. She's talking about that on the same day that she was also talking about how unsupportive he was about her PTSD. So all of a sudden, you know, she's she just finished talking about how their therapist helped. But now all of a sudden she's like, I couldn't do this without PK. I just couldn't because he takes care of me because I said, are there double doors? Will people be able to come in? And she says, and PK goes, babe, 
You got Nick. You got me. Stop worrying about this stuff, okay? We got it, babe. And she's like, PK, I couldn't have done it without PK. He asked for a different color linens. It's just something I wouldn't do. I'm sorry, what? Three, you're the person that went to Teddy Mellencamp's house on your first season, first episode, and said that you wanted to drink champagne out of a champagne glass. You're telling me you can't go to the Beverly Hills Hilton for an event that you are paying for and ask for di- different color linens? Are we, you need PK to do that for you? Dorit, you don't have an opinion anymore in life? Very, very confused by this. Very confused. Um. Okay. But don't you worry, because we will get to this Homeless Not Toothless event in a little bit. Now, of course, there's the running joke of, what is it called? Homeless Not Toothless, Toothless Not Homeless, Homeless Not... I did see on the Facebook group, I think it was on my Facebook group today, that people were saying it is not something to laugh about and the women should not laugh about it. I don't think anyone's laughing about the fact that it's homeless people that they're trying to help and or toothless. I just think the name is insane. <laughs> It really is insane. And the fact that they're keeping the name after everything that they got from it. And it is, it's a tongue twister and it's hard to remember which is which. So I don't think it's bad that everyone's laughing at their, they're not laughing at homeless people. They're laughing at the name. So they go to this event and maybe I'm missing. I don't know. I don't think, oh, we see like a little bit of Erica practicing her show. I don't know. You guys, Erica took a book or she had like a serious sit down with a PR person before the beginning of the season and said, hey guys, what do I do to get people to like me? And she's doing everything. She looks, number one, she's a quarter of her weight since just like last week. I mean, she's so slim. She's smiling. She's friendly. She's polite. She's wonderful. She's just a nice girl that has a business. It's like, it's it's so... It's so um, off-brand for Erica. It's like we lost Erica over the season. They get to the event. We obviously see everyone getting ready. They get to the event. (laughs) This is just, this like led to the most interesting part of the show, of course. Number one, we see Erica kind of floundering around doing her thing. She's standing in the room before the room is open to the public. And all of a sudden, she's just standing there and a man walks over to her and he goes, you look gorgeous. And she goes, Thank you. And he goes, I'm Jake or whatever, Justin, Jace. I don't remember. Hi, I'm Jason. And she goes, hi, nice to meet you. And he starts talking about something. And then she's like, wait, you're my dentist. Meanwhile, this dentist, I'm going to have to do some research. Was it Joseph? Was it Jacob? What was his name? Dentist. I need to find him. Um. Anyway, he wanted to, he wanted to stop Erica. Did you guys feel that? He was full on, like really, really trying to, to date Erica. I thought it was so interesting. Um, she was like, thanks. Okay, cool. I'll see you soon. I lost my tray. <laughs> so weird. Then we see um, Kyle and Mauricio coming to the red carpet. The most awkward exchange ever. Mauricio's just down to have a good time, right? Kyle is so clearly unhappy when she's around Mauricio. She's standing, they're standing at the top of the red carpet or the step and repeat. And Anne-Marie and Marcellus are there. And they're kind of joking. Um, 
Mauricio's like, look at your teeth. Uh, make sure to show your teeth. Ha 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 Absolutely. And Kyle's like, what? Leave them alone. Stop. Don't do that. And Mauricio's like, I was just saying this about the joke. And then Kyle says, such a judgy comment. Such a judgy comment. Because Kyle, now that she doesn't drink, has become the alcohol police, as we've seen now with Sutton and everything. And she says to him, what was that drink? Was it weed or was it alcohol? She knows exactly what he was drinking, but she's trying to give him a complex. Like you're too, you're acting drunk. And I'm like, no, he's just acting like Mauricio. And you know, it takes a lot for me to stand up for, for Mauricio here. But like, I felt like she was just so, I mean, it's such a instigator, right? Starting a fight. They do this awkward smiling on the carpet. Kyle does a voiceover where she's like, you know, it's really weird right now. Everyone is just judging our marriage and just like watching every little arm and stance and face. And what do we say on the carpet? And what do we, and this and that. And she's like, it's weird. I'm like, Kyle, Kyle, what? You call paparazzi. You are pushing this on the show. You're bringing Morgan to events. You're showing that you have issues. It's weird. You are a public figure going through a separation very, very open and very vocally and very verbally on TV and off TV. Stop talking about it and stop making it weird if you don't want it to be weird. She's making it weird. Sorry, I got very heated over that. Remember, this was months before the rumors started. Maybe there were rumors a little bit like behind the scenes. There's always rumors, but this is months before like the Morgan and the separation started. That was July. This is like earlier. So they, um, oh, and then in the cocktail hour, this is the conversation where Sutton's like, I am talking to Anna Marie when she comes up over to me, Anna Marie. And Crystal's already so annoyed with Anna Marie because she and Garcelle talked about the fact that Anna Marie was so obsessed with her esophagus. And then we find out that she really was so obsessed with her esophagus because during the the memorial event, we see four different scenes of different timestamps of Anna Marie talking about the damn esophagus. So first she's talking to Crystal and Garcelle. Then she's talking to Teddy Mellencamp. Then she's talking to actually another friend of mine. Her name is Lee Tall and Crystal. And then she's talking to someone else. Four different times over the night, she's talking about this damn esophagus. It is psychotic. Uh, it's giving obsessive. It's getting giving weird. Like, it's, it's crazy. And no wonder Anna Marie later says, I'm embarrassed over it. But Erica, Crystal, Garcelle, and Sutton are standing around a high top. Anna Marie comes over there and she decides she wants to talk. Or Sutton's like, we're going to talk. We're going to talk right now. And Anna Marie was not expecting that. And Sutton golf claps because Sutton handled that like a boss. She says, excuse me, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. And Anna Marie kept backtracking and messing up. She had called Sutton a liar multiple times. She insinuated she had an eating disorder. And now all of a sudden she's saying, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. It's like, Anna Marie, you have to recognize you're on the housewives. Everything you say can be used against you because guess what? We've got it on camera. This is not a show anymore where you can say, I didn't say that. I didn't say that. I didn't say that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She finally, you know, you know, pulls away from it. But Crystal does not let her off the hook because Anna Marie starts to tell Crystal, well, you're the one that said she had an eating disorder. I am sorry. What? No, ma'am. No, man. And exactly, Rebecca. Receipts. Proof. 
timeline, screenshots. If you are on Real Housewives of anything, just know you have the RPTS. RPTS is following you. Receipts, proof, timeline, screenshots. Shut it. Negative 8.5 and never come close to me with a needle. Never, ever come close to me with a needle with that behavior. It's disgusting. Can't stand her. Can't stand her vibe. Can't stand her energy. Leave. Leave the party. We then go inside the event, and I thought, oh, the most entertaining part of the show is over. But no, I was then shocked and in awe. And if you have some time, go back and watch this this little montage of when Taylor Dane is announced as the performer at the Homeless Not Toothless event by Dorit and Paula Abdul. Do you guys have a history with Taylor Dane? Because I do. Okay, Taylor Dane was my first, one of my first cassettes I ever bought at the Fox Hills Mall. When I was like, I don't know, eight years old. I'll never forget it. With every beat of my heart was my song. With every beat of my heart, I keep getting closer to you. Oh, whoa. So good. But anyway, she was telling to my heart. She starts singing this song. I need you to go back and watch this immediately. When I tell you, it is the most awkward montage of random people, including the housewives and their husbands, but also randoms doing some weird dancing, some weird singing. Dorit is like at a show. Dorit is like, you know, she is at a Lady Gaga event. Mauricio is doing some clapping. He is dancing with the stars and he's doing some weird, you know, um, I don't know, circular motion with her, his hand. Kyle is doing the splits in her head. Garcelle is dancing. Erica is not standing up. She won't stand up, but she's sitting and she's singing. I've never seen so many teeth on Erica. I don't know. Go back and watch it. She opens up her mouth in such a way that I didn't realize she had such obvious gums over her teeth. It was like, it was a lot. It was a lot of an awkward, it was so awkward. Every single part, Marcellus was going like this. Mm -hmm, Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Go back and watch it. I watched it four times. I could not stop laughing. This was giving... Like, this is a moment in history that I don't want to ever forget. It was a good one. After the event, then we have, of course, the recap of the event. And this is where Kyle Richards really, okay, I've noticed something about Kyle. I've noticed it in a couple different ways. He, she, he, she is a little bit of a hot mess. Do you guys get this vibe all of a sudden? Seeing her kitchen a few episodes ago, seeing the stack of mail, seeing all the random shit that's everywhere, seeing how she talks to herself when she's like walking through her house with the dogs and stuff. I have a feeling Kyle is a very like maybe unorganized, probably ADHD type of person. I'm not judging her on it because I think I am this way too in a lot of ways, but it just doesn't align with who I think Kyle is. She's upstairs in her room talking to herself Like she has a best friend there. I find it really interesting to watch. She's opening suitcases. She's opening boxes. She opens a shoe box, a Bottega Veneta, I think it is called, shoe box, which is probably $1,000. And it's like, it's not mine. It's Morgan's. What? You're just holding on to Morgan's shoe? Okay. Um, she's, She's like picking up suitcases. She's talking to herself. She's all over the place. It's really weird. It's like I find energy, very frenetic energy during these scenes. Then she does something that it will take me a while to recover from. She takes, she gets on a phone call. She lays down on her maid bed and she puts 
her dirty ass tennis shoes on this bed. Now, one of her shoes is to the side and the other shoe is kind of leaning on the other shoe. I don't care. It's enough. I am not a clean freak in this way. I wear shoes in the house. I know a lot of you guys don't. But one thing I will never do is put a suitcase on my bed and put a shoe. I can't even really, it's hard for me to even wear my shoes like on some of the carpets, right? I I don't understand this. You put your shoe on a bed? It's weird. Like maybe your house shoes, like slippers, and even that gets dirty. Very odd. She's talking to Anna Marie, who finally shows a little bit of sympathy and apology and remorse for everything. I'm so embarrassed, she says. Yeah, of course you're embarrassed because you got schooled. I don't think you were embarrassed until you realized, like, this is not working in my favor. Because I think she thought she was coming there and going to do something about that. I think she had, she thought she had the upper hand. Turns out Miss Small Esophagus had the upper hand. No, ma'am. No, ma'am. Anyway, she apologizes to Sutton. Sutton takes it, as far as we know. And then all of a sudden, we're in the preview for next week when they go to Barcelona. And it looks like a whole lot of nothing is happening. There's a little drama between Crystal and Anna Marie. Ugh. And it's a haunted castle. Boring. And then all of a sudden, they slap a to-be-continued on the end of a pre- of a preview for next week's Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. Riddle me that. Riddle me that. Why is there a to-be-continued at the end of a preview? I think that was a mistake. Felt like an editing mistake. It felt like they were spending way too much time on Salt Lake City or something. And the editors were like, oh, shit. We forgot about Beverly Hills. Anyway. Good night of TV. Good night of TV. And tonight, of course, we have Southern Charm. Episode two of the reunion, which I'm interested in. And I will be back tomorrow, you guys. Thank you once again for spending your day with me. Daily Dose of Donna is a Monday through Friday show. I'm here every day at approximately, some days it changes, 11 a.m. Pacific time on YouTube. And then, of course, the episode is on audio every single day. A lot of you guys listen. A lot of you guys watch. Some of you guys do both. Thank you so much for being here. I appreciate you guys. Uh, You don't even know what kind of a joy this show brings me, especially in in these weeks. Um, it's, it's everything. It means the world. So thank you for your support and I love you guys. I'll see you tomorrow.